Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of the Boldly Immortal. Pay attention. Listen up, but but more importantly, pay attention. That's what you'd hear if you want if you want someone to actually pay attention, to to to, to listen carefully, to listen closely, to heed the words that come afterwards. Pay attention. What an interesting phrase. We're going to explore that today. Because what is it that we pay? What does it mean to pay attention? What, is, what an odd turn of phrase. Unless we dissect it, and so that's what we'll do here. I've done this before with some other words, trying to dissect what it actually comes from and, and try and understand it in the source of its meaning. Understand it based on where it where its application sourced from, and therefore why it was invented. Why did the word come into being? Why do we speak it? Well, what do you pay, right? Let's, let's start with that, right? Because we're, we're dealing with not just a word, but a phrase, right? What are we paying? Well, paying implies, well, it implies, first of all, that you have a, a resource, here at hand, right? That you have something that can be exchanged almost, that, that it can be given to that which is valuable as an exchange of, of value. Well, that's an interesting concept there. It, all, it almost implies also that there is a store of it that someone possesses and that you can build that store. Pay attention. What is attention, though? What, what is this resource, then, that we have access to, that we, can, that we can release into the world, that we can apply in our daily lives? Well, what is attention? Attention comes from the Latin root for stretch out. And it's kind of a strange, kind of a strange sourcing, right? Stretch out. But let's think about that in terms of your mind, right? Your mind is stretching out into because it. Ah, interrupting myself. It's not like we're talking about you know, standing at attention or you know something like that. This is or even standing at attention. It technically applies, but what we're dealing with here is focusing your mind on some specific topic, right? That's generally what people mean when they say pay attention, listen up. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, right? Pay attention. So so stretch your mind out to what I am about to give you and and heed it, treasure it, value it. Pay your attention to me as I provide you this other thing because it's important. So you could use your attention right, to listen to someone, or to look at the birds and the trees, or to be on your phone. So, so everything's competing for this attention, right? And what we're asking someone when we say, pay attention, is that they focus their mind on what it is that we are about to present them, whether visually, auditorily, heck, maybe even through smell. It's not normal, not normal, but you never know. Um, and boy, those are good ones. 
good smell. It's hard to beat a good smell. But pay attention, right? Focus your expenditure of this valuable resource on the thing I am about to give you because, because it's important. Everything's competing for it. Everyone's fighting for your attention. That's one of the, the challenges of childhood. And I, I honestly think that's one of the reasons that, that's part of, of moving from an infant to a, an adolescent. It's, it's understanding that you are not always going to get the attention that you want. Right? You, you actually need to be able to survive on your own a little bit because mom's got other things to do sometimes and you can't just cry and get what you want. They're not always going to give you their attention. So appreciate it because other people's span, right? The attention span being what? Their ability to focus on a single thing at one time. Their max limit to the credit that they can put in, terms, in their attention debt, right? The, the, the maximum amount of debt that they can apply to a specific thing. Well, people's attention spans are limited. Why? Because the resource is limited. You only have so much of it. Seriously, try and pay attention to everything you possibly can for th four days straight without sleeping, right? <laughs> try to do it for two days straight or just try to do it for a day to pay absolute attention to every single thing that comes to your mind. It, it's overwhelming, it's absolutely overwhelming. Attention is not infinite. It is limited. And this is why I think as a resource, we have a fantastic analogy here. Why? Because it's, it, is, it is something that should be treasured, that is expendable, and that can be earned by the speaker, by the presenter. And what an interesting thought that is that we can actually earn other people's attention, that when we fight for attention, we almost have an obligation to the people we want to pay attention that we provide something of value, that we make it worth their while. Oh, and there's a lot of stress that could come into that if we thought about it, but what if we don't think about it from a stressful perspective? What if we instead think of it as a valuable understanding of how people's brains work? that people can't focus on everything. So you have to compete, right? People are going to have distractions. They're going to have other things on their mind. If you want them to listen and care about what you say, give them a reason. Think about who we're competing with. That's all. I mean, there's a lot of distractions out there. There's a lot of people you could be listening to. There's a lot of places you could be. There's a lot of things you could be doing. It's a hard thing to, to, to focus on something specific. And unfortunately for many of us, there's a new player in town. There's a new game going on, and there's somebody who spent a lot of time and a lot of money at learning how to get your attention. And for some reason, we think it's not dangerous. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do believe it's dangerous. And it must be treated appropriately. But your phone has had more time put into it than you will ever live. More collective man hours have gone into making that as attention-grabbing as possible at as many moments as possible of your life. More man hours have gone into that than a hundred lifetimes of yours. Guarantee it. There's a lot of people studying it.
lot of people studying that. So think about that, maybe. Why are they so invested in getting your attention? That might be something to question them about. But alternatively, here's a thought. What can we learn from that? What can we glean from all of the work that somebody else put in to manipulate us and ask, what have they done? What have they done to work very, very well at getting our attention? Well, colors, simplicity of design, ergonomics, right? The, the ability to make it natural. Everything seems natural. I had this thought the other day about language, right? And, and when, you, when you learn how to write, you, you, generally speaking, they taught us in like the, okay, here you have five paragraphs, you have the introduction, conclusion, and your three you know, main paragraphs. And you learn relatively early on that you could awkwardly connect everything together by force. And it just, it just sounds weird. It doesn't sound conversational. So you have to learn how to blend the connections between your paragraphs, between your ideas. I've decided to refer to these as linguistic roundabouts. 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 Um, places where you, you want to change the direction of traffic. You want multiple connecting ideas to smoothly pass by one another so that somebody who's transitioning into a different direction doesn't have to stop and, and try and figure out where they're going. Well, phones are incredibly good at that. Notifications are great at that, right? Modern media is a fantastic, fantastic exploiter of roundabouts in, in their design, in their systems, in their mentalities. Because they're competing for your attention. Because they want you to pay them your attention. Because if you pay them your attention, you give them your mind. You give them access to you. And they already have that. I think I've talked about my my boas, my bi-directional world access switch on my on the on my wall. Right? That is how the world gets access to me and how I get access to the world. There's another portal that I could use. I could go out my door. But I currently have an internet switch. It's fantastic. To just conceive of it. It works both ways. They have access to me. They want my mind. And, and combine this with the sorcerer's windows from last month, or maybe it was two months ago. They're lying to you, guaranteed. Why? Because it's on video. If it's on video, it didn't actually happen. Right? I'm going to just, 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 just ponder that for a minute, right? If it's on video, it didn't actually happen. You're going to watch that video and you're going to say, oh, I remember that. How much of that memory is going to be the video itself, though? How much of the memory that you create is going to be shaped by the way that you've recorded it? The way that you've conceived of it? The way that you've codified it? If I write down what happened at an event and you take a video, it's going to be two different mentalities. And the way I interact with your brain is going to be different in each case. And let me tell you, the greater lie is in the video because it's convincing. Because it's incredibly good persuasion. Because you will pay it your attention mindlessly. You're not going to ask the question, was this real? Is this how it went down? What's going on behind the camera? What did we cut out 
of the shot. Right? The more raw the video, the better, but even then, you're missing context. You're missing more. You're missing reality. A piece of paper is not going to lie to you and tell you it's real. It's not going to. Azula always lies. Azula always lies. The media that you look at will always lie to you. It will always deceive you into believing that it's real. It's, it's great. I'm on audio podcast, so I don't have to sound like a hypocrite. But if it's on video, it didn't actually happen. It's just incredibly good persuasion. And you are, you are, we are, right? I'm guilty of this myself. We are giving it our attention just because. And yet not just because, but because there have been millions of man hours put into making it convincing. High quality resolutions, good, you know, understanding of how to mix music with visuals, understanding what makes a good shot, right? The, the rule of thirds, to those of you who know, you know. But it's lying to you. It's deceiving you. Don't, don't give it all your attention and don't give it your primary attention there are better things to look at to stretch toward to pay your limited pool of attention to if you only have so much you should at least we should at least focus on what is important and consider that in our engagements with the world because the enemy doesn't play fair right the 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 competing influences they're not playing fairly right you you and your let's say you like me and my younger brother right my younger brother is not going to be nearly as interesting if i if i judge him based on his ability to use persuasion techniques attention grabbing techniques objectively scientifically verified methods to make me pay attention he doesn't have those at his disposal all he has going for him is that he's my brother and you know what? That should be enough. That should be enough because he doesn't need that science. Because he has instead something that is much more important. He's a person. He's a man. He is my brother. And I owe him my attention. Right? Does, does that make it easy if he's not earning it at the same time? Well, he doesn't have to earn it. He doesn't have to earn it. But if he took some of those and put it into play, right, he'd have an easier time of holding my attention. I wouldn't get distracted. I wouldn't get lost. I wouldn't get get distracted here and there, right? And I would have to assume the same thing to, of myself. Because then it changes when it's not just my brother, when it's a stranger or, or a friend, right? Or, or somebody who I may never meet again. How do I hold their attention if I want to talk to them? How do I get them to pay attention to what I have to say if they have no reason to listen to me and I'm dull? Yeah, that's the bigger problem, right? What is rhetoric? Oh, what is rhetoric? Do we, do we deserve people's attention or ought we to train ourselves to, in, a, in an era where persuasion and, and, and attention-grabbing techniques have been mastered? by the sorcerers and their and their masterful windows, right? Where Azula is a masterful deceiver with all the techniques at her disposal, how do we interact as humans anymore? How do we compete? Well, perhaps we simply have to begin to hold ourselves to a higher standard.
Perhaps we need to understand that, that the substance of what you say isn't, isn't everything. That the way you say it matters. You know, I hate to burst anybody's modernist bubble. And I think I've already burst somebody's postmodern bubble, so, you know, I'm, I'm playing fair here. But just because you have all the facts on your side doesn't make you right. Not anymore. And frankly, it didn't even then. What made you right was that you had an, a valid appeal to authority. Right? You appealed to the authority of the person who did the, the, the research and the knowledge gaining and who did the analysis. And you, you trusted their, their views, their, their mind. You trusted their words. Well, we don't live in that world anymore. We never did in the time, right? But, but now our, we have no reason to necessarily trust what, what's coming out. So you must be persuasive. We have a responsibility, if we are correct in what we're talking about, to present it in such a way that it is desirable to hear. That we earn attention, that people therefore pay attention. Because they don't have the just because anymore. Why do I listen to my brother just because? Because he's my brother and I love him. I'm going to listen to him, even if he's rambling on for an hour. And he hasn't recently. And I th thank you very much. You're doing a great job, bro. Um, <laughs> not that that would make a difference. But I listen to him because he's my brother. I don't need another excuse. I don't need another reason. But what if he's not my brother? And what can I do with my brother to train him and train myself to be better conversationalists, to speak better in public when we are in a discussion? How can I equip myself and equip him casually to engage with the world in the way that is consistent with the truth that we present. Now, am I saying we should use manipulation? No, 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 no. Please do not hear me saying that. And I hope that came across pretty well on the audio. Manipulation is different. Persuasion is different from manipulation. Manipulation is, oh, gee, I, I could get into a real personal one here. Manipulation is when you think I'm too stupid to recognize what's going on. So you're going to use your techniques against my self-interest without being honest with me about what you're doing. And, and that, that is dangerous. What I'm saying, rather, is that the techniques we use are consistent with the, with the truth that we're presenting. That we're at the very least thinking about how we do things. And you know what? We already have a tradition of doing this, in the Christian church at least. We have a tradition called Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi. I should troll my R's more. Um, Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi. I always love to troll in the R's in Latin. It's glorious fun. Spanish too. What does that mean? The law of prayer is the law of, of, of belief, of faith. The way you do things matters into what you believe. Well, I'll tell you what. If, if the way you do things is generally uninspired and bland, people aren't going to listen to you, and you're going to believe that they can't understand what you're saying. This, I would argue, is one of our greatest challenges. We have truth that we want to present to the world. Okay, let's say you have that, right? Let's, let's take that for granted. Do you believe that the world can understand what you're saying? 
Because if you believe they can't, you're wrong. But if they're not listening to you, there's a couple options. One, they've hardened their hearts and they don't want the truth. That You have to acknowledge that as a possibility. The other possibility, they have no idea what you're saying. This was, this was one of the best things I ever, I ever discovered in, as, a, as a superpower, effectively, in high school, right? Was that I didn't have to know what I was talking about all the time. I didn't have to know exactly how to solve people's problems. All I needed to know was, can I get them to explain what their problem is? And then fill in the blanks. Can, can I figure out what they're trying to conceive of as they try and conceive of it, as they verbalize it, as, they're, as they express, like say somebody's stuck on a math problem and they don't know how to do it. If they tell me what they learned in class and suddenly their words are the words of the teacher but interpreted so that I understand it, they're trying to explain it to me. They're trying to teach me what they can't solve. And suddenly I, I have the opportunity to explain to them exactly what they just said because I now know their words. I know their language. I know how they're thinking, and I can grab their attention and hold it because I'm interpreting. I'm interpreting, and I'm speaking in an area they already understand. I've earned their, I've earned their trust. I've earned their attention. I've earned a position of authority where now if I'm correct, if I do present the truth in that context in such a way that it comes naturally, they have no choice. They have no choice effectively but to acknowledge it and receive it and arguably gladly i had very few people who if i explained what they were stuck on would be like oh thanks for explaining that you jerk i i didn't want to know because if you if you actually provide somebody the truth that is a possibility that is a possibility they may reject it outright but go with the confidence of believing that they won't and trusting that when they hear the truth perhaps not immediately but in time, if they understand what you're talking about, they'll at least come back for more because it'll, it'll stick in their shoe, to use a, an analogy from Greg Kukul, um, author of Tactics, which is a fantastic book. Again, that's Greg Kukul's Tactics. Highly recommend it. Uh, one of his, his tools for confessing the faith is that you just try and put a, sh a, a rock, a pebble, in somebody's shoe. That's all you're doing. At the first meeting, sometimes that's enough. Because all you're doing is you're making it harder for them to be consistent in their inconsistent worldview. You're reminding them that there is an inconsistency there and that it kind of matters because you don't have one. And and so it wouldn't be so bad if they thought everybody had a pebble in their shoe, but they don't see the one in your shoe at least. And maybe if they, if they want to make sure it's there, they'll come back and ask you about it. They'll try and put a, a pebble in your shoe so you're all equally miserable. You know, who knows? But we have to approach it the right way. We actually have to approach the conversation with the expectation that how we talk to this person is going to affect whether they listen or not. That if I come forward and I just assume, if I knock on somebody's door, they're going to want to listen to what I have to say. Well, I'd say in these, in these days, you're not going to get good results. Random stranger walks up to your door. You have no idea who that person is. And people haven't done this for months now. Um, good luck getting them to hear you with a clear mind, right? They're gonna they're gonna assume you are plague ridden, disease ridden, filth, and kick you off their doorstop. Or they'll just be like, "I don't have time for this. I'm sorry. I'm busy. I got other things to do." They may not, 
and frankly, that may be an approach for some people, is, hey, you know, I got nothing better to do. Let's chat. I've had some of those experiences. But in terms of, of your general approach, if you walked up to somebody's house and started talking to them randomly, in these days, that's not going to fly so easily. People have built up an inherent distrust of one another. I talked about that last episode. Go, go back and listen to that if you have any problem with it. It has to do with masks. <laughs> um, I won't get into that, though. Even though it matters, right? How you interact will affect what you think. How you present yourself in public will affect the way people think about you. How you speak to someone will affect the way that they listen to you. Where their attention is focused. So pay attention. Pay attention to the people who are good at that. Pay attention to the people who are expert communicators. Or, frankly, just pay attention to the people you pay attention to. Pay attention to the things that, that are engaging in your life. And ask the question, why? I mean, it's a good question to ask in general. Why is a fantastic question. I, I've heard stories of that being a very favorite question of, of mine or, or my brother's, one or the other. At this point, it was probably mine. Why? Why? Why should I just say? And because because you, you are what you eat. I'm just throwing out words here. Linguistic roundabouts. If it's on video, it's not real. You are what you eat. Right? What you're taking in is defining who you are becoming. The things you surround yourself define the person you are. The, way, the things that you think about define the ways that you think. The way that you practice your life is going to affect the way you think. And what you see is going to affect the way that you practice it. The way that you interact with the world will affect how you interact back. So be conscious of both. Think about both. Don't just accept it. Please. It's, it is critical to stretch your mind towards those things that you want to shape your life. Pay attention to what matters. Pay attention to what's important. And frankly, that doesn't mean just pay attention to what you like or what's good for you. Because what's not good for you can touch you just the same. And, like I said, maybe there's a reason you're paying attention to it. If you absolutely love Pinterest, that's good. That's fine. But don't just accept randomly that the algorithm decides to put you, to give you a bunch of interesting pictures. There's a reason behind it. They want your attention, and you're giving it to them willingly. Why? Doesn't mean stop. I'm not saying stop. What I'm saying is question it and consider it before blindly accepting, because they're designed to make you blindly accept, and that is not your prerogative. That's not within your authority. You are not authorized to blindly accept whatever the world is feeding you. You're not authorized to blindly accept everything I'm saying here. You're not, you're not authorized to blindly accept the videos that you're looking at because Azula always lies. But even if she didn't, you'd still have to question it. You still have to question what's there. You still have to think about it. And I'm, again, like I said, try paying attention to everything for a day and you'll get exhausted. You can't. You can't. Fundamentally, you have a problem. I have a problem. We can't do everything we need to do to be responsible 
people in a world that's trying to get our attention and and everything in everything in the modern design mentality is is there to steal away your attention more and more and more from the things you might want to put that attention to so i'm not saying you're going to be able to succeed at, at tearing your attention away but what i'm saying is what is the lens you're using to define what's valuable or not why do you pay attention to something are you paying attention to it because it's been designed incredibly well and you subconsciously accept it or are you paying attention to it because it is good for you or it's good to know right again you can't you can't just ignore the stuff that's bad you should learn from it right maybe don't but maybe don't make that a part of who you are where are you putting your eyes what are you focusing yourself upon where are you turning your ears and your eyes there's two of them for a reason I mean, that's probably not the reason, but, but there are two of them, and it's interesting. You have one on each side. And the mouth is very central. There's, there's, there's design in that that I'm not going to ponder upon. I'll leave that as homework. But what is it? Oh, I've been, I've been reading through, through Psalm 119. It's a glorious psalm. Right? Constantly talking about the glories of God's law, right? Of his commandments, of, of his word, the word of God, right? That we should turn our ears toward that. What should we hear? What should we be listening to? And where should our eyes be focused? To, to uh, do what? Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. To, to the hills of Mount Zion. Where does my help come from? Right? Calvary. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. All that he has designed that they're using to steal your attention away. That's his. That is his. And what does he give you to fight back? What does the Lord empower you with to fight back against the, the hordes that are trying to steal your attention away? He gave you his words. They gave, he gave you his words and the writings that contained them. So... Take a break. Write something down. Take a break. Read something. Write about it. Take a break so you can actually pay attention because you're constantly, constantly getting bombarded from all directions. You can't handle it. I can't handle it. My attention span, my bank of attention is only so great. But there are things that I owe my attention to. There are those who, who deserve my attention in my life. And there are those things for which there is nothing greater I could place my attention on. I have a vocation. I have a, I have a responsibility to pay attention to what's important. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to fail. I'm going to keep trying. And I'm going to pay attention to how I fail. I'm going to pay attention to the ways that, that drag me aside, that, that cause me strife and trouble, and equip myself and get back up on my feet and go again. Not by my own power, no. No, not by my own power. You should know that. And so as I come to this closing of this, as I attempt to find a natural way to close this out,
I want you to pay attention. Because what I'm doing here is more, more than just speaking. I'm trying to convince you of something. But actually think about it. Think about what I'm doing here. What do I want from you? Do I want you to, to trust everything that I have to say? Or do I simply ask that you check me? That you guard yourself against believing me should I be wrong? That, well, that you apply that standard to everything else that you have in your life. Everything else toward which you give your eyes, you give your mind, you stretch it out. I'm asking you, please, pay attention.